back to this next episode of In the Trenches with the Hernandez and Dorger Law Firm, the Equalizing Justice Team. Today's topic is types of court proceedings, and I'm joined with attorney Christine Hernandez and attorney Megan Allgood. Okay, Christine, so we all know that there are different types of hearings, but what do those hearings mean? So can you kind of give us a little bit of information or a background of what different types of hearings are as it pertains to criminal cases? Um, in criminal cases, they generally start with an arraignment. It could be an appearance docket. That could be the very first thing. And that's where you come into court for the first time, and the judges are looking to see whether the charging instrument has been signed, for instance, a complaint, or has the warrant been signed, or any of the paperwork been signed? Has it all been filled out and turned in? Then there's the bond hearing, and, and everyone's entitled to a bond. Sometimes bonds are preset, so you're entitled to a bond, and the bond will be noted, and if you turn yourself in, you can have a bonding company, get your, and you can get out. Now, you said that some bonds are preset. Is that based on the charge, or is that based on the judge's preference? It's based on the charge. Um, however, if there's multiple felonies, then you may have to have a bond hearing before you can get a bond set, or if you've been out on bond on another case and you pick up another charge, of course you're going to have to have a bond hearing to find out if you can make bond on the second one, if the judge is even going to consider allowing you to stay out on bond from the first one. Everything is just very subjective when it comes to those types of things and it's good to know that type of hearing does exist. The only type of bond that we have really case charged that that you can almost always expect to be precluded from bond is a capital murder case. Even on capital murders, on occasion, there's a bond set. However, uh, for the most part, in those types of cases, bonds aren't set. And then once you get past the bond hearing, there's also other motion hearings. You can have uh, a preliminary hearing in district court. You can have a status hearing, a dispositional hearing in circuit court. Um, You can even have those in district court. It just kind of depends on the type of charge that you have at a status hearing, basically the court's wanting to know where we are on this case. Maybe you have motion hearing, you're, you're talking about a suppression hearing, or you're talking about a hearing on discovery issues because something hasn't been provided or something else is needed, or maybe there's an expert that needs to be disclosed. There's a lot of different kinds of information that comes up and your attorney is, is well versed generally in preparing those motions and getting you in front of court. If you have questions about your motion hearings, and certainly ask those questions, but at the podium, in the middle of a hearing, is not really the best time to be asking questions of the attorney um, while they're trying to listen to witnesses, make argument to the court, and at the same time, understand everything that you're saying. So uh, you may want to have a tablet where you can write something down so that the lawyer is able to still hear what's happening inside the courtroom. So, Megan, do you have anything to add? Because I know you also do criminal work as well. She pretty much covered all of it. I mean, there's several different hearings. The the bond hearing, that's in almost every case. The arraignment is in every case. And then we do have the preliminary hearings. And then, like she said, it, it really is a case-by-case basis how, how your case will go, how many hearings you will have, how long your case will drag. It really just kind of depends. Does it also depend on anything else other than just the number of hearings as far as how long it'll take for your case to go all the way to the end? Or is there a median time frame for a case that is criminal? I mean, there's a lot of different factors. I mean, because first and foremost, 
it all depends on the judge's calendar. When they have time to set you for hearing to hear from you, it may depend on the client. You know, the client may work out of town and we have to constantly get it continued because they're not able to make it. It may depend on a state's witness. The state has to get in touch with a certain witness before they can have the hearing. There's just so many different factors. Really what what could happen is, um, and I think a lot of people get a little bit frustrated with the court process because the wheels of justice are slow. Yeah, we kind of call this a hurry up and wait kind of field, don't we? Sometimes. And even sometimes when you're there for your hearing, it's kind of a hurry up and wait. You get there, everybody's set at the same time, maybe 8.30, maybe 1.30 in the afternoon, and there may be 50 to 100 cases set. And, you know, they can only do one at a time. And so as the attorneys are ready, as the state is ready, you know, attorneys get up there and and get things done. And sometimes it takes a little bit more uh, negotiation to kind of finesse what's going on before you, you get up there. Uh, to the podium and you start talking so be prepared to be there for a while when you go to court it's not there's nothing fast that happens inside a courtroom so in essence don't plan yourself to be out of the courtroom by 9 30. yeah if your case starts at 8 30 and you're not the first one called you're probably going to be there a while yeah would you agree I, i do agree but i will say there's a lot of people who i feel just heard that meant that they could be late. That does not mean you can be late. You That's still right. need to be there on time. Because they call the docket, and if you're not there, then they issue warrants. So, yes. Yeah, so, just because we're telling you to get comfortable and that your case may not be called until 1030, that doesn't mean you just get to come in whenever you please or hit the snooze five times or whatever else you need to be there on time you are expected to be there on time right because even though there could be 50 to 100 cases it could be a lot less than that you just never really know and it kind of just depends on the judge and what all is going on that day yeah sometimes they have a docket that's pretty long but then at the same time they may be in trial so they're only going to take 10 cases you want to make sure you're one of those 10 so if you're not there first you're going to be called on some other day they're going to issue a motion now you've paid for they're going to issue an order setting you later now you've paid for parking you've you know you're frustrated you took time off from work all of those things and all because you were late right so punctuality is definitely key for sure and I, we also there's been a few times um and this is rare but there's been a few times where i've seen a, a judge start their docket at nine and get off the bench at nine thirty just because they just so happen to have a short docket that day so, um, but I, I have also been at an 8.30 a.m. docket at 2 p.m. So you really just don't know. You just need to be there on time and get comfortable. Okay. So we kind of covered over what to expect for criminal cases, different kinds of hearings, trials, things to expect. So what about civil and domestic type of hearings? What is something that you know, people could expect? Is there a lot of crossover and similarities or is there a lot of variation? Well, it can be because the dockets are long. Um, Generally speaking, if cases are set for trial, there may be multiple cases set for trial on that same day. And in Mobile, we have two domestic judges and in Baldwin County, we have two domestic judges. We also have uh, two judges over, over in the juvenile division with two court referees, those referees can also hear cases. So sometimes you have four judges available um, and you have the same over in Baldwin County. But in all likelihood, in most of those cases, they're only called one at a time. And you're not all sitting in the courtroom at the same time, you're sitting in a big waiting area. 
and you're waiting for your case to be called. Generally speaking, if you got an agreement, they hear those first. If you're close to an agreement, they tell you to talk about things with the, with the attorneys. Maybe there's a guardian ad litem that you're talking to. But in any event, you could be there a while. Could be the first one called and you could be in and out really quick, especially if you have everything uh, worked out ahead of time and you just need to put a couple of little things on the record. You can do that and get out. But a lot of times you're going to wait. So do you think that you could possibly wait just as long, if not longer, than if you had a criminal case? Oh, yes. Um, absolutely. I mean, I also have have been at 2 p.m., still been at the 8.30 docket waiting for my case to be called. So I will say for the civil motion dockets, those are typically done that morning. But I have seen them bleed into the afternoon as well. But... The domestic hearings, for sure, I would I would just take off that whole day, and that includes the juvenile as well. Okay. Let me let me speak about children in the courtroom. I think that's um, a great topic. The really small children, infants. Um, you really should try to get a, a babysitter for them. It's not there's nothing that they can contribute to the case, and you know. Sometimes they get hungry, they get fidgety, they get tired, they get upset, and then there's a lot of noise that is distracting for the judge and other people within the courtroom. And so really that's not the best place to have your children. And it doesn't matter whether it's a a criminal case or a civil case or a domestic case, unless you're told to specifically bring the child to court, the best place for kids is not court. Okay, so noted that children are definitely not as welcome in the courtroom unless they've been specifically ordered to be there. Well, it's just not very inviting. It's not a kid-friendly place. There's no toys. There's no distractions for them. There's no snacks. There's no crayons. And and it's just not really kid-friendly. There's no TV for them to watch. There's no games for them to play. And most of the time, the judges tell you to turn your cell phones off. They don't want to see them. They don't want to hear them. And they don't want you to have them out. So... You know, what are you going to do with that with that little kid that is, you know, lost his attention span or her attention span, and now they they want to get up and they want to move around and they want to play, and and they're they're not being loud to be disrespectful or to be disruptive. That's just how kids are. Right, I would agree. I think we pretty much covered, you know, the different types of cases. You know, one of the things that we didn't cover was mediation, and that's. It's not really a, a court appearance or a trial, but it certainly is an important part. Mediation, depositions, those are important things, and you should be dressed appropriately for those as well because people are going to be making judgments and, and making decisions on, on a lot of different topics while you're sitting there. You should be comfortable. That's not a place for kids. Although the child may have an attorney that's present, it may be a guardian ad litem, it may be in a pro ami civil case where the child was injured, but it, but definitely you need to dress you need to dress appropriately yet comfortable because in those type situations they're in small rooms or conference rooms, and you could very well be there a while. I I think I did a mediation that lasted one time about nine and a half hours. Oh, wow. Thanks for that additional topic of mediation. Do you have anything else to add over this overall topic, Megan? 
Um, I, I think the bottom line is for, for all of this is that most cases kind of tend, depending on, on which kind of case, they kind of all tend to follow the same path. However, each case is different. So anytime you have a question about should I speak about this at this point or should I wear this specifically or what are we arguing specifically for for this hearing, what is going to go on with this hearing, never hesitate to ask your lawyer. Everyone's different. Every case is different. And so don't be afraid to open up that line of communication. And, and hey, if you need to come to the office a week before and in the outfit that you plan to wear to get our okay, do it. That's fine. There's no harm in that. Just always ask questions and, and just make sure that you're comfortable. That's the bottom line. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode of In the Trenches with the Hernandez and Dorger Law Firm, the Equalizing Justice Team. Stay tuned because we will be posting bi-weekly. No representation is made that legal services performed are greater than the quality of legal services of others. 